0: Good morning. morning, We are the 72. We are the 72 in 2022. In the Gospel story we just heard from Luke chapter 10, Jesus sends out 72 of his followers to minister to people in his name to the towns that he intends to visit. They're to proclaim the kingdom to these men and women, and they're to bring them God's healing. By our baptism, my brothers and sisters, we are called to do something similar today in 2022, which is why I say that we are the 72 in the world of 2022. This is a call that we need to take very seriously as Christians, especially, I would say, in light of the recent Supreme Court decision that struck down Roe v. Wade which is the issue I want to speak about for a few moments in this homily. That, of course, was a great victory for the pro-life movement. It's a great triumph for those of us who believe in the dignity of the human person and the sanctity of all human life from natural conception to natural death. But unfortunately, all the Supreme Court did was hand the issue back to the individual states. So instead of one big fight, we will now have, in the future, 50 smaller fights which might be necessary for the present time, given our present social and political climate. But our ultimate goal here should be to build a culture of life where there's no fighting about this issue anymore, and where every child is loved and accepted and welcomed into the world. But that will only happen if more of us 72 get involved in helping to change minds and hearts the minds and hearts, the hearts of many people out there who believe that abortion is fine. Yes, it's good to change and reverse bad Supreme Court decisions, like Roe v. Wade. It's good to get rid of unjust civil laws. It's very important. But unless minds and hearts change on this issue, babies will still die, and women will still be harmed. Make no mistake about it, my brothers and sisters, Women are the ones most harmed by abortion. If you had my ministry as a priest, you'd know that. Usually I see these women long after Planned Parenthood has forgotten about them and cashed the checks. I see these women when they're broken, when they're depressed, sometimes full of self-hate. The pain they carry with them, when they realize what they've done in having an abortion, is very often overwhelming. And you can't take it away completely, as much as you might want to, as much as you might try to. As a priest, thankfully, you can allow God to take the sin away in confession, but much of the woman's pain is still there. And to some extent, I think it always will be, unless she kills her conscience, which unfortunately some do. Whenever I have a post-aborted woman in confession, I always try, as a priest, to give her hope. And the good news is, there is hope to be found. I say to her, you know, you can't bring back the child that was lost. But if you choose to, you can allow God to bring great good out of this evil. I tell her, ask the Lord every day to put a woman in your path. A pregnant woman. A pregnant woman who's thinking about having an abortion. A pregnant woman whom you can counsel and point in the right direction pregnant woman to whom you can say, been there, done that, so don't do it. Don't make the same mistake that I made. That distressed woman would listen to you more than she would listen to me or to anyone else who hasn't had an abortion. So no, you can't bring back the life that was taken, but the good news is that because of what you've been through, you can actually help to save a life. Maybe many lives. And that will make you, and it will certainly make God, very happy. The big lie out there, of course, my brothers and sisters, is that if you want to be pro-women, you have to be pro-abortion. We hear that lie all the time in the mainstream media, and it's a lie that needs to be exposed. Besides, how can you be pro-women? How can it be pro-women to kill women? That's something I've never understood and I don't think I ever will. Statistically, roughly half of the 60 million babies who have been aborted in the United States since 1973 have been female. That's roughly 30 million women who never made it out of the womb. What kind of service is that to women? Pretty rotten service, if you ask me. These are some of the messages that we, the 72 in 2022, need to share with more women out there in the world. Because I believe women will ultimately do the most to change hearts and minds on this issue. And it's already happening in many places. Our pro-life committee at St. Pius here in Westerly, for example, is made up of mostly women. Maybe one or two token guys in there. But the majority are women, as are those who staff the pro-life women's pregnancy center on Franklin Street here in Westerly. Women and families are the keys to ending the scourge of abortion for good. When a young woman finds herself in a difficult pregnancy, an unplanned pregnancy, she needs the love and support of her family. She doesn't need their condemnation, nor does she need a ride to the local Planned Parenthood clinic. She needs to experience what a young girl from St. Pius experienced from her parents back in 1995, when she got pregnant out of wedlock. Her parents, both of whom were good Catholics, were there for her, supporting her, encouraging her, loving her, throughout her pregnancy, which ended when she gave birth to a healthy baby boy whom she named Eric. She was a teenager at the time, and she made a very tough decision at that point. She made the decision to give him up for adoption, thinking it was in his best interests. She did it with the stipulation that if the adoptive parents agreed that she and Eric could have some contact through the adoption agency, They would send, she would send things to the agency, the agency would pass things on to Eric. So they communicated that way for many years, through letters, pictures, etc. When he was 18 years old, Eric decided he wanted to meet his biological mother personally. So he tracked her down via Facebook, of all things. Facebook does have some good uses, I guess. And a beautiful relationship has developed between the two ever since. Let me read you now a couple of lines from a letter Eric wrote to his mom on the Mother's Day just before they physically met. He said this, Though I have never met you, I know that you love me more than anything in the world. I just wanted to let you know that I love you too. I am grateful for the decision 18 years ago you made when you became a mommy. And you gave me up so that our lives would be fulfilling. Look at where we are now and what we have done. Separate paths slowly becoming one. Happy Mother's Day, Mommy. If we fulfill our call as one of the 72 in 2022, and spread the pro life message to others, with a sincere love, a genuine love. And the good news is, many more mothers in the world will get letters like that from their children in the future. And I don't know of a single woman on planet Earth right now who wouldn't be happy about that.